0: Hyman Black here on Friday, the first day of Lake Effect Summit and Expo for Chicago Made and Dynasty Podcast. I'm here with Frank Senate. How are you doing? It's, I'm good. I think the last time I ran into you was in Austin, right? It was, like, but not this, not like a couple of weeks ago. It was like a year <laughs> or two ago, maybe. Yeah. yeah, we need to hang out more often. <laughs> I know, more than every two years. Um, So, you know, we're here at Lake Effects. Let's talk about that for a second. You just got done doing a speaking presentation where you were the moderator for, you know,
1: I'm going to let you fill it in. Yeah, so uh, I was very honored to be on stage with uh, Kelly Leonard, the executive vice president of Second City, and Tom Yorton, who's the CEO of Second City Works, which is their corporate uh, training and consulting arm. And uh, we just talked about how, you know, improvisation uh, techniques can help you in your life and, and more so, uh, more specifically, in your career in the workplace. Um, I uh, went through one of the first things I did in Chicago was improv training. Uh, I'm old so it was at uh, the precursor to the Second City Training Center. It was called Players Workshop of the Second City and um, improv changed my life so I was really honored to be on stage with these guys and talk about how you know the generosity of improvisation and the creative collaboration aspects can really help your life. Yeah and I feel like we're starting to see that a lot I mean
0: not even starting but I feel like that's very much in play in the city now? Does it feel like a collaborative time in
1: Chicago to you? Absolutely. I mean, you know, we talked on stage about how Second City is uh, collaborating with places like the Lyric Opera and collaborating with Hubbard Street Dance, but you know, in the tech world, in the music world, worlds that you and I both kind of inhabit, uh, it is a blossoming of collaboration. I mean, you've got 1871 is kind of coming into its own, finally. You and I have uh, some Groupon friends in common, back from when I did the Groupon book, and we're seeing now some of the alumni of Groupon starting their own you know like rocket miles and uh, there are some startups that are coming out and the maker community in Chicago is unlike it has ever been uh, I, I think we don't get the VC money necessarily that Silicon Valley does uh, but we've got the creative minds and you know people who are willing to stick it out through the winter um, very creative uh, group and they're collaborating yeah. Now how long have you been covering
0: Chicago, because just off the top of my head, obviously now you're with Cranes, before you were with Timeout. How long have you been
1: covering the Chicago music, culture, all that kind of stuff? So I uh, am originally from out-of-state, I'm from Montana, and I came out here in part because of Second City uh, in the 80s and came out, went to school at Northwestern, was a Medill kid. Uh, like I said, I went through the training program for improv. And then uh, when I got out of school, started working in local media in about 1990, uh, became uh, a managing editor of New City, the weekly. Uh, Brian Hagelke is here today, I just saw him, my old boss, my good friend, uh, in 95, uh, so really It's been about 20 years. I took a break for a few years, was out of town, but uh, New City, Time Out Chicago, now Crane Chicago Business. I've been very blessed to work at some uh, great media organizations here. So, you know, you've been covering
0: the media scene in Chicago for for some time. How have you seen the media and the arts and, and the culture in Chicago, either professionally or just, you know, you as a patron? How have you seen that change from then until now?
1: Well, for me as a patron, I was all about music uh, when I was a kid, and I'm still all about music, I'm at festivals, I'm at shows, to a lesser extent than I used to be, though, and I have become a real theater junkie. And Brian, uh, my old boss at New City, was reminding me, and I had forgotten this, when I was a punk kid in my 20s, editing under him, he said, you know, you used to make fun of theater and mock it, And, (laughs) and so I think, you know, your taste changes as you get older, so now to me it's like, and then great, you can take a look at me, you can't see me on the podcast, but I haven't missed many meals. Great food is part of our cultural scene here, so those are the three legs of the stool for me. Great theater, great music, great food, and what I've seen change, Obviously, on the food scene, uh, it's the James Beard Awards are coming here now. Uh, we just lost one of the great chefs in Chicago, Homaro uh, Kantu is a wonderful guy, but we still, you know, we have Grant Achatz, we have, uh, you know, um, Bill Kim, we have just this explosion of amazing chefs in the city. Uh, on theater, you know, Steppenwolf, the Goodman, Chicago Shakespeare, uh, all coming into their own putting things uh, together that Broadway would be envious of. And in the music scene, you know, we did see there was the whole Smashing Pumpkins, Urge Overkill era, Liz Fair. There was a huge blossoming moment uh, we haven't quite come back to. But I think the greater there's this wide, you know, wonderful, wonderfully talented music base in the city. It may not, you know... We're in a more diffuse culture. It's harder for anything to break through to the popular consciousness. But there's some really great stuff being done here. So I think I think Chicago's raised its game culturally. Yeah, and I, I would agree. And it's not just me and you saying that because we love
0: Chicago and we're looking at it through a certain lens. I've done a lot of these kind of interviews as of late at South by Southwest and, and even here where I'm really specifically asking really accomplished artists, industry, people from a lot of different concentrations in Chicago. I'm asking them specifically about their thoughts on Chicago right now. And uh, across the board, everybody is really giving some variation of the answer of like Chicago stepped its game up. Why do you think that is, you know, like you can look at in any direction, whether it's like, Ah, or Chance the Rapper, or so many different things that are happening. And it's not just in one space. Why do you think Chicago's and and don't get me wrong, and I, I promise this question's coming to an end. Don't get me wrong, Chicago has a lot that needs to be worked on. But why do you think in so many cultural and art spaces right now, we're in such a good space?
1: Well, I think um, somebody that I really love in this town, uh, I don't see as often as I like, is Raw Joy, who's the head of the Illinois Arts Alliance, and he is down in Bronzeville, uh, where he lives, and we talked, last time we got together, we talked a lot about how we are such a city of cultural neighborhoods, you know, there is a strength in New York, you know, you've got Brooklyn. You've got like there are a few scenes, but there's usually only a couple of concentrated scenes. In this city, there's this bubbling. There's you know this scene in Pilsen going on. There's this scene you know in Wicker Park, Bucktown. There's this Logan scene. There's uh, you know maybe not a big River North scene uh, per se or Streeterville, but I mean you know in the outer lying you got Uptown. Uh, there's a lot of creativity. Rogers Park, you got stuff going on with the main stage. So I think our strength comes from that kind of bubbling up, rising from the streets. Um, and as culture has flattened out in terms of there's not the, the best sellers, the, the big uh, charting singles, you know, we all have our own iPods. We all get our own curatorial experience. Chicago's really benefited from that because we know how to engage with a community that's not gigantic but that really cares about what we do. Well, and Chicago is such a small,
0: tight-knit community. And it's not even just like, oh, the music industry is tight-knit. It's like the longer you live in Chicago, <clears throat> the more involved and invested and engaged to get with the arts and culture community, you really realize that everybody's really kind of aware of each other and, and and the best of us, and I'm not even, I'm not putting myself in there, I'm not trying to talk myself up. the best of us in the city are trying to work together, right?
1: Absolutely, and, and I would put you up in there, I mean you're well known, you're well liked, you're a connector, um, and. And I think one of the truest things, this is a conversation I'm sure you've had a million times, Chicago is a very small town in terms of whatever industry you're in and across cultural industries. But if you're in media, if you're in tech in this city, it's a small pond, and you, you know, one of the things is it keeps you a little honest because you can burn a lot of bridges pretty quickly and not and not have any uh, connections. So it, it kind of keeps us all collaborative to a certain extent because you know, if I say, if I start knocking somebody uh, to you, that may be your best friend or they don't get back. So it, it kind of keeps our caddy instincts in, in check <laughs> to a certain extent, and it really rewards like decent collaborative behavior. Well,
0: and I know we're seeing a lot of that here at the conference. A, a lot of the good sides of what you're talking about, not the caddy behavior. Um, so something that you have going on is you're involved with Cranes. Talk about your role with Cranes. When did you get there? Kind of what are your objectives with being part of such a you know, really well-known, established, high-quality brand?
1: Yeah, so one of the things, that, well I started there at the beginning of 2014, so it's been a little over a year, and I started as the director of digital strategy, kind of the digital GM, I work with the news team to build, like, new emails and microsites, and we did a responsive web redesign, so that's that part of the job, and social media, I mean, we have a mutual friend uh, who, you know, works with me on social media, and it's a small town, and then uh, now, uh, in, starting in December, I added uh, custom media to my portfolio, so that's everything from, those kind of insert guides that you might see on uh, uh, cancer care or women's health or you know private school planner uh, to custom research projects, white papers, that kind of thing. So it kind of runs the gamut. It's a real good creative challenge. But for me, the great thing is I really respect um, both my boss, the publisher, uh, David Snyder, and then the editor, Michael Arndt. They put out a great product. So you know, I feel like at a certain point in your life, and hopefully you learn this earlier rather than later, but you've got to, you only have so many days to live, you might as well do something you with people you believe in, and, and it's a good collaborative process. I look at Cranes and I think, this is a great publication to be at. And one of my goals personally, and it's really borne fruit, has been to expand the cultural coverage at Cranes. And Michael Arndt and David Snyder have been very open to that. We now do a quarterly cultural preview, just like we used to do at Time Out, and like the Tribune still does, you know, fall preview and a lot of themes theater shows, summer preview, a lot of music festivals. Uh, This is our first full year. We started at the holiday season last year, and we're going to do four quarters a year. The response uh, from the artistic community has been great. They bought some ads. Readers love it. I think it's going to have some legs. So we want to be more than just a business publication and and really be kind of a first read uh, for more people and and get a younger crowd. This mutual friend of ours helped us launch something uh, called The Thread, which is a weekly email uh, that you can get. And that it's aimed really at millennials. I read it and like it. Everybody can read it. There are no uh, paywall uh, restrictions on the links. You click on them, you get to a story, because we know you're young young professional you probably don't have a subscription to cranes so we want to bring in that next generation of readers we want to engage them and all of our readers we want to give them more than just the business news we want to give them that we also want to give them the cultural report because none of us are one thing we go to work but then we want to go see a show
0: well, and you know, it's funny you bring all that up because one of my questions was going to be, is Crane skewing younger or am I just getting older? Because now I'm reading it and it's like, this is the the magazine that I remember my dad reading. You know, he's an attorney. He'd go to work in the city and not uh, coming back on the L or whatever, he'd be reading Cranes, and I was thinking about it I'm like, is Cranes getting like a little younger?
1: Am I just getting a little bit of of gray in the beard or kind of... I hate to to bring it to you, but I think it's a little of both. Um, Right in the middle. Yeah, right in the middle. But the thing where I I think we're really engaging or trying to engage hopefully successfully with millennial readers and younger readers is through social media. Uh, We have a very active Tumblr account, Uh, Twitter and Facebook are good for us, and also uh, this email newsletter. we're doing some events that are you know aimed at at younger audiences as well and i think once they come to us they see that the coverage is relevant and if they don't they don't stay uh... but we're just trying to be relevant to the broad you know sector of, of Everybody from the people who are near retirement who kind of read us by habit and people coming into their career, hey, we can say coolest places to work, that's, that's great. You know, you can say 20 in their 20s, uh, annual packages like that, but you also get, okay, now I'm up on some issues in business that I can talk to my boss about, and maybe it's next time it's promotion time, maybe I get a little bit of a nod because it's like I've got something on the ball.
0: So this is what I want to propose, because I don't want to hold you here all day. It's a gorgeous day outside. But I would love to, I don't, I don't know if you know this, and I'm not trying to make this about me, I'm teaching at Columbia College now. I'm teaching like entrepreneurial self-management classes. I'd love to have you come speak to those classes like next semester, because this one's basically done, but next semester and be able to tell the students like, you know, read Cranes, not because it's a publication I'm involved with, but because it makes you more business savvy. And especially because you guys are doing more millennial focused content. So putting you on the spot, would you be down with that?
1: Oh, of course. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for asking. No,
0: absolutely, man. Uh, Frank Sennett uh, involved with Cranes and always just kind of involved around town. Very knowledgeable. Thank you so much, man. I'm really glad we got to have you on the podcast. Thank you. Thanks,
1: brother.